Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Entertainment Rebooted. My name is Marley, and today I'm here with... Sawyer. Yes, and today we're going to be talking about The Last of Us. So The Last of Us is a show that was on HBO Max, and it is basically about... In 2003, there was a fungal outbreak that happens, and it basically turns people into zombies, but they call them infected in the show. Then we flash forward 20 years, and we follow the story of a man named Joel who is hired to smuggle a 14-year-old girl, Ellie, across the country because she's immune to this outbreak, which they call cordyceps. They're smuggling her across in order to find a cure. The show follows their journey across the country to get Ellie where she needs to be, and we see their relationship grow as they encounter all types of bad there is in this post-apocalyptic world, which is more than just the infected. And the show is based on a game. There were nine episodes. What did you think? Did you think... The nine episodes was a good length. I thought it was interesting because, you know, HBO and a lot of the other... I know that it was on the HBO Linear channel, but even so, I don't think I've ever seen a show with nine episodes in one season. Normally, Mm -hmm. it's like eight, 13, or 22. Yeah. And obviously, 22 is really long whenever you're doing hour-long episodes, but... uh, even for HBO, I thought it was an odd number. I think they gave the people who were in charge of it creative liberty with how much they wanted to get out of it, mm-hmm. especially because they were ad- adapting it from a video game. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was fine. It was an interesting choice, though. I think the nine episodes was good. It is a weird number, but I couldn't see it having eight or ten. I felt yeah. like it was like it fit well for what the story was. Yeah. And the main cast, it's really just led by two, which would be Pedro Pascal, who plays Joel, and Bella Ramsey, who plays Ellie. And a little bit of an interesting fact, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson, who were the original Joel and Ellie from the game, have cameos in the show, which I thought was really cool. Yes. And it's interesting because, of course, they're not playing those characters. So I know that for those people, it was probably very interesting to get to watch somebody else playing their character. Yeah, I'm sure. And bring it to life. And I know Ashley Johnson was like, when she met Bella, she was like, this is Ellie. Yeah. Like, that's Ellie. So that was really cool. Very cool. cool. And And, uh, Troy Baker, he's, his character is an antagonist, not yes, a protagonist, he so yeah. he is a very, very big change-up for him. Yeah, for sure. So it is written by Neil Druckmann, who wrote the game, and Craig Mazin. So overall, what did you think of the show? What's your overall review? Spoiler-free, of course. I think that it was... So it was a little bit shocking to me, because, of course, I had, I had seen clips from the game. I had never watched through the whole game. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's very into it, so I'd only seen them play a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. But, of course, whenever you're watching somebody play the game, it's normally them, like, doing the same action sequence over and over because they are uh, failing to kill enough of the enemies or sneak through the pl- wherever they're going through at the right pace, right? But the show isn't quite as action-filled because it's you're not watching somebody fail at a level of a video game over and over. Yeah. So it focuses a lot on the uh, drama and emotions of living through this kind of an apocalyptic event. And I think that it does a really good job of that. And I think that with all of its actors filling their roles the right way, uh, I say as somebody who didn't watch the game, um, I think that it's, for television, very good cinematically and all around. Like, if you're looking a lot of the time you know i was thinking about this you if you watch an action movie a lot of the people who are like the main actor it's like it'll be like jason statham or something like that Mm -hmm. and it'll be like i think this guy has emotions and it's hinted at through the movie but they focus a lot on like action in action movies and in shows too sometimes 
But this show is, the, it's not as action-based as you would think. It's not so much like a zombie TV show. It's not The Walking Dead, you know? No, there's not, not at all. As many a scenes of them just like fighting off zombies or cordyceps that you would think there are, mm -hmm. but I think that they fit in just the right amount of that uh, to fill in a real story around it. Yeah, I would say that's the. I watched the game after the show came out, so I hadn't seen it before. But when it ended, I decided to go through and watch a playthrough of it, and I I would agree the main difference between the two is just that there's way more infected in the game because yeah. obviously that's what the game is. You're yeah, it's a story based game, but you're fighting all the infected and everyone else. Mm -hmm. But there's way more of that in the game than the show. But overall, I think it was fantastic. I yeah. mean, one of the best. TV shows I've ever watched, I would say. High praise. Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, I think that for people who played the game, it might be difficult for some of them to see less action. Mm -hmm. uh, but in reality, any time that you're going to adapt a video game into a TV show or a movie, there has to be a lot that gets cut. Yeah. Because whenever we talk about like the length of a video game, you are also factoring in how long it's going to take the average person to get through each level. Yeah. And that means repeat tries. There are no repeat tries on a show. No, so. no, there's not. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot of that in the game. Some of them get really hard and people have to like try a lot, which really adds to it. But I think it was a great adaption. And just even if you didn't see the game, I mean, it's... I think this might be the best adaptation of a video game into a film or television that I have ever seen. Not that there's like a ton of that, but the fact that that <laughs> has a horrible reputation mm -hmm. among in, in like the film industry. Anytime somebody hears that there's going to be a video game adapted into a movie or a show, they're like, oh, this is going to be terrible. Yeah. Like it'll be the worst like every other one. You know, there's a Super Mario Brothers movie. It's terrible. Yeah. There's yeah. Uh, a Doom movie. It's terrible. Then this comes out. And when HBO was the company that announced they were doing it, I was like, my expectations were heightened mm -hmm. because HBO just does prestige television so well. Yeah. Whenever HBO takes something, you know it's going to be good. I mean, my favorite show is on television, point blank period, is Succession, mm -hmm. and that's back in, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Very different show from this, though. You know, that's and that's why I think it's important also to note that, like, when I say it's a drama, like, when I say The Last of Us is a drama, I don't mean that it is a, it is a drama in the same vein as, like, Succession or some of those mm -hmm. other HBO dramas because they lack action. And yeah. this has that. And yeah, it's, it like, mixing in those different attributes that come with it. Yeah, in a very beautiful way, too. It, like, worked seamlessly, I feel like. Agreed. How about you? Your spoiler-free review. What did you think? I mean, I just thought it was so good. <laughs> I I mean, everything about it was just, like... There is not one episode where I was like, that wasn't very good. There were some that weren't as strong as others, yeah. but none that were bad. I agree with that. Like, I agree with that. They were all just really great pieces of media each episode. Yeah. I think that its weakest points for a lot of people are probably going to be, oh, well, this episode wasn't that, it wasn't as good as like the last one, but then you realize that the episode was just like building into the next one. Mm -hmm. like and episode like four. Four. Yeah. Four is probably what most people would be like, oh, this is kind of boring compared to like what we've been seeing. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then episode five is great. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, episode four does have a place in this series because it's all lead up to episode yeah. five. Because you're coming from episode three, which was is arguably yeah. one of the best television episodes ever. Yeah. And yeah. then four is like 
not as good as it but it just leads so perfectly not into five that you can forgive it it's like <laughs> yeah yeah it like just fits perfectly yeah i think there's a little bit of a problem with like forgettability of some of the things in this show and some of like some of the stuff stands out so well mm -hmm. that you like there are other like episode three like you said one of the best episodes of television point blank period ever Mm -hmm. I've, I don't know if I could point to an episode of any other show that I think is as good as that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of like a short film um, in, a, in a sense. And I think that that, the greatness of that, made episode four, which is significantly more like boring and world building for episode yes. five, uh, almost forgettable by the time you and then yeah. you have to watch you you know you go into episode five you have to watch the recap for episode four because you're still thinking about episode three yeah i think for every episode i could like really explain what happened other than episode four i mean i can give a basic but i can't remember every detail of episode four but that's not like a critique like i'm not no. it's still a really great episode it's not bad at all and it was necessary for episode five yeah none of them are particularly bad especially no. and and you know the worst of this is still like the decent for other shows so yeah, it's not exactly it, it's it doesn't steep stoop down to the level of these other video game adaptations when i say you know like episode four is more boring yeah when you're critiquing this show i mean you really have to pick it apart because there is not mm -hmm. much bad you can really say about it it's just really fantastic agreed i think the acting is extremely strong mm -hmm. through the show in that there's no bad performance no and that is what makes the lowest quote lowest more like boring or world building parts of it so good mm -hmm. still like consistent there's a consistency in the quality of acting mm -hmm. in the show that's just incredible yeah it's... most shows have at least one person that you're like I don't know how I feel about that actor, and if they were replaced, then maybe, you know? Yeah. But this there, show doesn't have that. Yeah, there's not one person that would, I would pick out and say they weren't as strong as everyone else because everyone just did a really great job. And I think that their leads in Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, mm -hmm. you see those two kind of build a good quality of uh, relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're off-screen relationship building up over it probably helps mm -hmm. because you know i'm sure that they had time before plenty of time to like get to know each other and all that yeah but as you're working on a show uh normally the relationships are supposed to be like steady throughout a tv show and that kind of makes it difficult to get across when there's tension at the beginning or if they're supposed to be closer sometimes and they're not as close off screen so it doesn't show up but in this show because they are gradually getting to know each other and gradually getting to like each other i think that works uh to the show's advantage that mm -hmm. they had to you know their, it, their relationship doesn't wither no definitely not i would agree that it was just really beautiful seeing their relationship grow and they did a great performance of that okay so if you don't care about spoilers and you want to hear the rest of the show go ahead and check out the entertainment rebooted podcast to hear our full review spoilers and everything so now going through episode by episode not each one of them, but some standouts. We have some standout episodes that are just really amazing that deserve a full, in-depth talk about them. Absolutely. So starting off with episode three. It is the best. Yeah. It is. It's the best. It, yeah. there, like we said before, there's no episode of television that I think tops episode three of The Last of Us. I can't think of one. I like, I've either. tried. I can't. It's so good. It's incredible. And 
This is the Bill and Frank episode. Mm -hmm. It's essentially just to me as somebody who didn't I didn't know before I was watching with somebody who did play the game and so I learned that this episode is something that was entirely made for the show yeah. that there is no appearance of Frank in the video game and that Bill is a character that gets to interact with Joel and Ellie mm -hmm. we don't we see him interact with Joel in a, what's essentially a flashback but mm -hmm. we don't see him interact with he doesn't meet Ellie at all yeah and that I know probably hurt the feelings of some of the viewers who liked that idea that there could be banter between those two characters and yeah. I I also felt like there was something lost there but there's something gained through this episode of this like gorgeous love story mm -hmm. uh that honestly if you took out the like very small portions at the beginning and maybe even maybe the end not so sure of um Joel and Ellie mm -hmm. that you would have just this really lovely little romance movie mm -hmm. it really could you could just watch episode three like if you didn't want to watch the whole thing you know some people post-apocalyptic shows aren't their thing like episode three is like not that like no it really just shows like the beauty of like how you can be happy and find love in all of the world going terribly exactly yeah and the performances by these actors are so so good mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting because nick offerman mm -hmm. the last thing i had seen him in was parks and recreation which yeah. i watched like the i finished over the winter break and so to see him go from an extremely comedic role in that show mm -hmm. to this show where he gets one episode and he puts all of his acting chops into this one episode. Mm -hmm. It's very impressive. But um, to be a dramatic character and to be someone who has to like show all this emotion coming off of watching him in Parks and Rec where his whole character's whole shtick is he doesn't feel that much. He's a macho man. Uh, you know, he would feel that character would feel weird about this episode of television yeah. uh, being a gay love story. But then he's in this. It's so... I think he showed off his um, dynamic acting ability, mm -hmm. his range. Yeah, I would agree. I did when I saw that it was him. I was like shocked. Like, I was like, I did not expect him to portray this character so well. And that's not to say anything about uh, Murray Bartlett as Frank, mm -hmm. but I don't know any of his. I don't think I've don't, ever yeah, seen him either. in anything before. Yet, I think that the dynamic between the two of them of Bill being a really gruff guy mm -hmm. who has his has got this extremely independent spirit finding someone that he can be codependent with and live with and have grow a life with mm -hmm. in the apocalypse uh when he was fine with living alone before mm -hmm. is they have a very good uh chemistry and I I'm I don't know how they felt about each other off screen but I it it definitely seems like they got along better than like a lot of other couples in television that I've seen. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it was so believable, their love story. Like it really, that episode just transported you into that world and you almost forgot what the rest of the story was about. Like it felt like you were just watching a, like a short movie. Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah. And it just, I feel like a lot of people, when the idea of a, a zombie apocalypse happening, they're like, I would just want to die. They like don't want to live. Mm -hmm. But this episode, like 
proves them wrong that there can still be happiness after that happens because I mean they're just living their lives happy together happier than both of them were before the outbreak happened yeah and I think like I think it's interesting and to build on what you said about like finding happiness in the apocalypse Mm -hmm. like if you really think about it Bill would have just been living alone Mm -hmm. sitting in this little gated community fighting off whoever came to his door and just subsiding like just barely living but setting up traps and stuff probably killed his time for Mm -hmm. him but you know it's different from the wholesomeness of his relationship with frank and actually building a life with somebody uh i can't imagine being in a situation where i couldn't you know build my life around other people Mm -hmm. i I'm a very extroverted person. Mm-hmm. I know that the you know, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to live through the zombie apocalypse like that. Yeah. Um but I agree with you. It's just a beautiful beautiful story. It really is. It's, there's there's no episode of TV that tops this, I don't no. think. No. And this was like episode 1 and 2 were great, but this is the episode where I was like, wow, this show is amazing. Like it really like got me into it and solidified just how amazing it was going to be. And even though it's like the best episode i don't feel disappointed after it with how the other episodes are yeah and i think that it being early on enough to let them build on the story mm -hmm. afterward it wasn't one of the last few episodes is good yeah because that's before joel and ellie's relationship really grew and they got so close so it's not like we were missing that like we still got to see their whole relationship grow after that so like i think it was perfectly placed where it was i agree and i think that it's interestingly placed because you also get to see the before you see Joel and Ellie build their relationship, you see the potential for a relationship exactly. growing in this kind of a time, mm-hmm. uh, which, even though it seems like it would be impossible otherwise. Do you have anything else to say about episode three? No, other than if you weren't going to watch this show, you should go watch episode three. Absolutely. Episode three is worth, I mean just watch it on its own it's mm-hmm. so good it's so worth the time to watch it yeah if i was going to go back and watch any episode over again the first one i would go to would be episode three me too i would watch it multiple times oh yeah yeah okay, another standout episode would be episode five episode five is really interesting like i said earlier it builds upon episode four it's kind of this is i think the only back-to-back episodes with the same director uh Mm -hmm. because and and that's interesting whenever i was i watched episode four and you and i like we said earlier kind of boring world building but kind of boring especially after episode three but when they show and hbo does the after the episode or inside the episode Mm -hmm. uh clips afterwards and they show you kind of the directors and the writers and the showrunners and the actors talking a little bit about that experience Mm -hmm. when i realized at so after episode four they showed its director and it said director of episodes four and five and Mm -hmm. i was like okay episode five is gonna be good Mm -hmm. it's gonna be like almost like a finale of this part of the arc Mm -hmm. the story uh and it was and i think that it it kind of brought out the best of both worlds for this show of the drama and the action Mm -hmm. um because and you have these extra stories of like people in the qz 
because it's not just focusing on Henry and Sam and Joel and Ellie trying to get out. No. It also focuses on the people who are staying there and running it. Mm-hmm. Like um, Kathleen. Kathleen, a character who is not in the video game. Nope. I was shocked when I watched the video game afterwards. I had no idea that she wasn't in it. So when we got <laughs> to like Henry and Sam's part, I was like waiting for Kathleen and then she was just never there. Yeah. And that's interesting because I think that her character adds to their adds depth to their story and yep. their purpose for being there, at least within the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not quite sure how the game goes, but I think it's interesting to think about, like, if you if I got this story but there was no Kathleen, you would lose the purpose of even having Henry and Sam in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely in the game, it's not like... I feel like if I were to watch the game first, I wouldn't feel like I was missing something necessarily with Henry and Sam, with there not being Kathleen. But since I watched it after, I was like... Not disappointed because the game is still fantastic. I mean, it's amazing. But I was just like, I thought the addition of Kathleen made their story just a lot better. Yeah. And I'm sure that she was a character that a lot of people don't really like. (laughs) But she's not made to be. She's kind she's an antagonist. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I think that this show does a good job of like everybody who has who comes to the table with a different perspective or, or a different motive, um, you can understand it. And I think that you can understand Kathleen's. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that she's supposed to be the strong leader for all the people in the QZ. That mm-hmm. that you kind of understand the weight that's on her shoulders as the leader of that group of people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we still, with the focus that we get on our protagonists, we see their causes a little bit more noble, maybe. Yeah. And even we are, like, made to not like Kathleen because we yeah. like Henry and Sam so much. But if the roles were reversed, if we were seeing Kathleen's story, you wouldn't be mad with what she's doing. Like, she has reasoning yeah. for what she's doing. Like, they give her that reasoning rather than just making her this evil person. Yeah. Like, she has, I don't want to say a valid reason because wanting to kill people it's a little, but like she has a reason behind that that makes sense for her character. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of people like her, you know, idea of why she's doing what, what chasing down Henry and Sam mm-hmm. for vengeance, mm-hmm. essentially for revenge. A lot of people can understand that. I don't, I don't think. Yeah. Cause it, it's a, it's a difference of what these characters believe in when it comes to justice what Mm -hmm. they think is just and she clearly has a very different vision of that than a lot of the other characters and even some of the people around her i'm sure don't agree with her but i think her character is an interesting one because she is strong you wouldn't really expect um a woman to be leading this kind of group in basically Mm -hmm. any other show or movie Mm -hmm. right so i think that they did a great job uh with that, especially because this is, again, a character that was created for the show. Yep. Uh, so they made her very headstrong, and I think I, I appreciated her presence in the show, mm-hmm. despite the fact that I'm not supposed to like her Yeah, character. like, I liked her character, like, as the purpose she had. I think it was great. Like, I don't really love her as a person, but I think her character served a good purpose and was a very well-written character. Agreed. And we can't talk about episode five without talking about Henry and Sam. Yeah, I mean, it's really their episode. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was interesting to learn that Sam was not deaf in the game, mm-hmm. but was 
it was an idea that was pitched for the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe Craig Mazin was the one who brought it up. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was the showrunner of this. I think he was the showrunner of Chernobyl before it for HBO. And so he's already in television, and that's where you get somebody who's in television who cares about video games and thinks this is one of the best uh, games to adapt into a show. Mm -hmm. That's great. But also that comes with he's in television, he's going to bring his own ideas to the table for any video game adaptation has to be changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think this was a good change. I would agree. It really added to the characters and gave a whole a whole other look at like people, different types of people who need to survive in this world that you wouldn't really think about. And I think that it also did, it assisted in Henry is supposed to be kind of like Joel Mm -hmm. and connect with Joel. Mm -hmm. And Sam is supposed to bring out the like childhood for Ellie that she never got. Mm -hmm. Right. And that those elements. And I think that, her connecting with Sam and focusing on trying to be able to communicate with him, uh, whereas Joel doesn't really do that, kind of adds to each of them having a sort of separate relationship with mm-hmm. those characters. Uh, whereas if Sam was hearing, then they would all kind of blend. Yeah. And I think that even though he, you know, even though he's a kid and maybe you could understand like if Joel was just going to ignore him, him not having any, Sam not having any, spoken lines mm-hmm. uh adds depth because joel's Definitely. kind of going to ignore him anyway so i think and ellie's going to care about everybody being heard and understood yeah because she is they, they kind of wrote joel off as cold up until like later in the show mm-hmm. and then like we see that moment when they're underground and ellie and sam are playing like soccer together and i feel like that's the first time we really see ellie happy yes like she's not really ever happy in the show like that's like the whole yeah. thing and she's had, like, a really hard time before. Like, she says later that everyone she's ever loved has either died or left her. Yes. And so then we see her have this happy moment with Sam. And then at the end of the episode, we lose Sam. And it you can really see it hurt Ellie. And it, I feel like that really sets up the story later. I agree. And I think that it also... So I know that some people were frustrated that they didn't leave those characters for a little while. We do. We lose both of them because we Mm -hmm. lose Sam because of the emotion that Ellie goes through and that Joel, Joel also goes through it. But he's it feels more like he's witnessing Ellie go through those emotions Uh because she had a more like emotional attachment to Sam. Mm -hmm. Uh, She makes them bury him together. Well, bury the two of them together. Mm -hmm. And. It's probably the like deepest emotional cut for Ellie's character up to that point in the show. One hundred percent. And it shows off again range this time for Bella Ramsey mm-hmm. because her character was like gruff and kind of mean mm-hmm. and uh, outspoken about her feelings and opinions, and then all of a sudden something terrible happens and her character is so upset and she doesn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's a really big change and. It- yeah, it just like really, I feel like when the last episode comes to it really, like you can really connect the two and create parallels with that storyline, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And I also will say people were upset about those characters not lasting more than an episode, really. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine those characters being very useful no. to this story beyond episode five. Yeah, personally. I agree. I don't think, I don't really think they could have lasted long it just made sense 
why they died and it really furthered the story like for ellie like it really just like gives more to ellie's character to see her go through this like happiness and then it get taken away from her yeah yeah and it's she met you know she mentioned earlier like you said she mentions that everybody leaves or dies and this is the first time we actually see it happen to her Yeah, it's hinted at before but this is like the first time it really happens and you can see the effect it has on her yeah and then she goes back into okay let's just go i don't want to face my Mm -hmm. emotions i just want to tough it out and move on so that i don't have to keep thinking about Mm -hmm. this even though it's going to linger with her Mm -hmm. so another episode that stood out for me was episode seven i know this wasn't one of your favorite when we talked about after it aired but i really liked it okay please go ahead (laughs) It was like a basically a flashback where we see Ellie go through losing oh, someone yes, for yes, the yes, first yes. time. I really thought it built to the character because in episode four, she mentions that she kills someone in episode four because she has to protect, to protect Joel. Mm-hmm. And then she tells Joel that that's not the first time it happened. And we don't really know why. But this episode shows us what happened and why she had to do that. And it's really upsetting why she had to because she was exploring a mall with her best friend Riley and they both got bit and they both expected to turn but obviously Ellie doesn't which we don't see happen but we're left to like assume that what happened was Riley turned mm-hmm. and Ellie had to kill Riley and it was explained friend. later that yes, that is exactly what happened but so. when you watch episode seven yes. you don't get to see it happen mm-hmm. but you know that's what did and I feel like that really shows like ellie's reaction to sam dying it really it's like a parallel of that i i I thought it was interesting that they didn't show it happening but then i also thought about it and was like i guess we already saw her go through Mm -hmm. with sam and it upsets her because it's reflective of that experience Mm -hmm. and so they don't need to show her getting upset again yeah i honestly liked that they didn't show it i didn't think it needed to be shown yeah it really just adds to ellie's character knowing that she had to kill her best friend which also they ended up kissing. So she had her first kiss with this girl. Yeah. And then almost immediately after they were attacked, both got bit and then she had to kill her. It's interesting because it's kind of also reflective of the uh, Bill and Frank episode Mm -hmm. where Frank gets terminally ill and wants Bill to assist him in ending his life uh, so that he once he feels like he can't go on any longer within the world that they have because there's no you know advanced medicine for Mm -hmm. him and in this case the emotion that ellie goes through is probably very similar to that which bill goes through Mm -hmm. where they know that they have to do that for the other person Mm -hmm. but they do not want to for themselves Mm -hmm. and it's an extremely difficult choice to have to make Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting the different ways that Ellie and Riley reacted when they got bit. Like, Riley was very quiet and just, like, sitting there. And Ellie was smashing things and yelling. She was mad. She was mad. Yeah. And I just really liked the episode. I loved the line that Riley had when she's talking to Ellie. And she's like, we can just be all poetic together and lose our minds together. It makes me so sad knowing that Ellie had to go through that. Yeah. And she's, what, 14? And she's been through all of this stuff up to 14 years old, Mm -hmm. and it's just very difficult. And they were already friends before. It's not like this is a surprise character for her. Yeah. They established that they had been besties 
before uh, when they were in school, in their military training school together. Mm -hmm. um, her friend goes off to join the Fireflies, mm -hmm. and she's mad at her for doing that. But then she was stationed in the mall. Mm -hmm. uh, and I want to say the mall, that's probably my favorite set it was from beautiful. the whole show. It was beautiful. This post-apocalyptic yet early 2000s, mm -hmm. so not completely dead mall like you would see today. <laughs> yeah. If, um, there are, they have the old logos of stores in them. Mm -hmm. It felt like a real flashback to me of like when I was growing up what the malls looked like mm -hmm. before all the stores left them. Mm -hmm. uh, and yet they added this the layer of we're in a post-apocalyptic world. There's like trees and vines growing throughout mm -hmm. the whole place because it's kind, it's been abandoned for, you know, a long time for almost 20 years or so. And mm -hmm. I thought that set had possibly the most character of yeah. the entire show and of almost I think that would probably be like if you asked me like my favorite setting for any even though I didn't love the episode as much as some of the other some other viewers did mm -hmm. I thought that was the one of the best sets I've ever seen made for a television show yeah it was really good and it was really interesting to see them interact with the set because they were both born after the outbreak happened. So mm -hmm. they didn't know what it was like to be in a mall yeah. or do anything that normal teenagers would do before Ellie this doesn't, happened. Ellie doesn't even know what an escalator is. No. She's, she's like blown away by the moving by stairs. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's very cool when they add those little things to her character. Yeah. They don't heavily emphasize it because it would get very old. Yeah. But they do it enough that you remember like, oh, this outbreak happened in the early 2000s and we're looking at a character that was born in like the mid 2000s mm -hmm. and only grew up in this apocalyptic time and it's very interesting to think that way especially because like she's only a few years younger than we are like mm -hmm. her character is only a few years younger than we are now mm -hmm. and we're living in the year that they are living in present mm -hmm. you know it's ba the present day for the show is in 2023 mm -hmm. so it's just very interesting to think about, you know, I was in this episode, especially because of the mall. I'm like sitting there comparing and contrasting my life growing up in the real world and mm -hmm. what it would be like to grow up in that version of the world. Yeah. Scary. Um, but she's like I said, she, her character, Ellie, is gruff and growing up in that world is why. Yeah, for sure. So another standout episode for me was episode eight. I think this was one of the most emotionally draining episodes, seeing Ellie go through what she did in this episode. So basically, we meet this man, David, and it's revealed that... Because earlier, Joel, they run into these three men. Joel gets attacked. Joel kills one of them. Ellie meets David while Joel is almost dying from this infection he got. And it's revealed that the man that Joel killed was from David's like town. Then they go to seek revenge and they come to kill Joel. He swings back to life, does not let himself die, but they take Ellie. And what Ellie goes through with David is so, it's so bad. It's like, you can really, after this episode happens, her character really changes. Like, yes. everything bad she's gone through has not affected her as much as this does. Mm -hmm. Because we find out that the 
town that David runs, they're, you know, cannibals. And he also, it's hinted that he was going to do some pretty upsetting things to Ellie. And it's just so upsetting. And then Ellie ends up killing David, like, very violently. Brutally. Very violently. And it's, you can just really see her character shift after she does that. Mm -hmm. And I think, so first off, uh, they don't know, not all of them know that they're cannibals. The -hmm. people in this, like, little. Very few religious cult commune yeah uh david is one of the only maybe two people who know Mm -hmm. but beyond that you know what i hate about this that the guy who plays david so looks the part it's disturbing he really Um, does (laughs) i i really don't like that yeah it's discomforting but Mm -hmm. then and then you know you watch this you watch the episode and then after the episode they show the interview with the guy and I'm like, I don't know, it gives me the creeps that this is my, I wish that mm-hmm. they, I could have seen an interview with him being a regular human being yeah. before I saw him play a really creepy dude. Yeah. <laughs> this is also the episode where Troy Baker makes his appearance. Mm-hmm. He's one of David's little henchmen. He's, he's his, yeah, he's like his right hand man. Mm-hmm. And he gets killed by Ellie. Yes. Pretty brutally too. Uh-huh. So that must have been a big change for him coming from voicing Joel to being killed by Ellie. And especially because his character doesn't really interact with Joel. Was I don't think he was one of the men that Joel interacted with. And it's very interesting because he Joel like kills a bunch of his men in this episode. Trying to get Ellie back. Trying to get back to wherever they took Ellie yeah. and find her. Because Joel doesn't trust anyone in this no. show. Anyone. And not that Ellie does, but by this point in the show, they trust each other to at least a decent extent. Mm -hmm. And that is solidified by the end of this episode, after she goes through all of this, comes out of the building uh, where she killed David. Mm -hmm. And Joel is there after everything happened. Mm -hmm. He didn't really show up in very good time. Uh, Even though he was injured, taking on all those guys. She had to go through everything in this episode without Joel. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, the big part of it that builds up her character. Yeah. And it's that scene at the end with Ellie and Joel is just it's so good and so emotional. I don't normally like cry or tear up during shows because mm-hmm. I don't tend to get like attached to characters. This was just one of the most emotional parts of the entire yeah. show was that ending of that episode Mm -hmm. it really got me it was the only i think it's the only part of the show that got to me the way that the bill and frank episode did Mm -hmm. and i i think we're brought back i understand that like episode five is harsh and it's emotional i don't i didn't think it was as emotional as bill and frank because i didn't feel as connected to those characters yeah i would agree but because you see everything she goes through and mm-hmm. then she makes it out and he's there and he's there to comfort her, but he was not there to help her. Mm-hmm. And that's probably frustrating for her character. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, their bond is kind of built around. Now she's she's able to build trust with Joel, a little extra trust, because he is the only one who she knows by that point would mm-hmm. not do anything that horrible to her. Mm-hmm. Because in the episode before, well, not the episode before this, because the episode before this was the flashback, but the last episode we see Joel and Ellie, like, really interact is, I feel like the first time we really see their relationship start to become what it is, Mm -hmm. because they have that whole moment where Joel wants his brother Tommy to take Ellie because he doesn't trust himself. Yes. 
and then Ellie gets really upset, and that's when she, she says, everyone who I've loved has either died or left me. Yeah. And then she says, everyone except for you. And that's like, seeing this happen after that is just like a gut punch. And from that point, their banter improved mm-hmm. so much. The chemistry between the characters. And I think it sometimes felt like it was going quickly in that they go from like not really loving being around each other to having great banter and they make fun of each other and all that. But you realize that like there's a lot of walking happening between episodes that they're traveling long, long distances between episodes. And so they're just picking up from, you know, they'll leave off when they start going, Mm -hmm. walking somewhere and then they'll pick up when they have arrived. And so there are many, many hours, sometimes probably at least a day or two between episodes because of their travels. Yeah, I mean, they're wa- they're walking from Boston to Montana, which is like, that's across the country. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, not that's gonna a, be easy. Yeah, and there's no real great forms of transportation mm-hmm. because even if you pick up and steal a car, you have to find fuel for it. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the gas stations are up and running. No. So they have to like find extra fuel to get vehicles or they have to have horses or they have to so it's not easy at all so the last episode episode nine we see the beginning of this episode we can really see the effect that the david situation had on ellie Mm -hmm. because she is just not saying anything joel is like a new person he's you know trying (laughs) to cheer her up he says i'll teach you to play guitar she's just not yeah she's zoning out he kind of has taken on that like the dad who has a daughter Mm -hmm. and she's upset and she's not upset about something relative to him and he's just trying to cheer her up Mm -hmm. and he just doesn't know how Mm -hmm. and it's cute but like it's also sad because you know why she's upset yeah and it's like when that episode started and i saw ellie just in the state that she was it's it hurt because i was like this poor girl she has gone through so much and when she finally like had this person that she was like starting to feel almost normal with this really horrible thing happens to her and she can't like recover from it and i think like you said it builds her character up in a way and it affects her character in a way that nothing else has and Mm -hmm. this really shows that off that like you know the henry and sam thing episode five we go in and after that she still doesn't allow that to really hurt her relationship with Joel mm-hmm. in any way or like stop her from really talking a decent amount to him. She doesn't go like mute on him Mm-mm. until this point. And, yeah, and you can just really see how much it affected her. And obviously after this, things get pretty serious in this episode. It's the ending. It was the shortest episode, yes. which I thought was interesting. It was so fast paced. When it was over, I was like, well, when the big like action sequence sequence of this episode was over, I was like, that felt like it's been 10 minutes. Yeah. And it, the episode was almost over. Yes. Even when the episode ended, I was like, that's it? Mm-hmm. That's over? But I wasn't mad about it. No. I'm, I know other people were, yeah. but I wasn't mad about yeah. it. Um, and I do agree that the pacing of the, uh, the violent scene, we'll call it, mm-hmm. I thought that was well done first off I agree. interesting too i remember this was one of the only parts of the video game i had seen get played through and i watched my friend go through it a bunch of times because they couldn't get the pacing right but they did put some of the guys like some of the enemies we'll call them in the exact same spots where you find them in the video game mm-hmm. um and that's pretty cool i thought 
uh, mimicking that. But also, this is a prime example of where there's a massive break between a video game and a TV show. Mm -hmm. The video game, this scene feels longer because yeah. you're going over and over again trying to make it through. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're doing everything. In this, you're just watching it happen. Exactly. And it's not like he... He, again, like I said earlier, there's no repeats on the show. They're mm -mm. not going to show him die and then come back to life and then do it again. Yeah. So they just show it once and it does feel fast because he has a 100% success rate. Many people who play video games don't. So yeah. <laughs> it's so I, I thought it was actually really well done. And this was one of my favorite mm -hmm. scenes of the whole show. It was really good. <laughs> but, you know, as somebody who likes horror and action. Yeah. I think that that's gonna it, it'll speak to me a little bit more than yeah. some of the other people. It was really well done. That episode was just really good. When they saw the giraffe before oh, all the bad stuff happened in this it's episode, a beautiful it's just, scene. And it's and the giraffe is real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just the first because this episode starts off with Ellie being so upset, and then the giraffe scene happens, and it's just like the old Ellie again. Yeah, which is really beautiful. To and see the child with the childlike wonder that Sam brought out of her. Mm -hmm. And yeah. this this goes back to the sets being great, too. Some of it is real. Some of it is blue screened. I thought the giraffe was CGI'd in. Mm -hmm. I learned later that the giraffe was real. Yeah. Incredible. Amazing. I love that. Because I remember watching that in the game. Again, one of the very few scenes I actually saw. And I was like, wow, this game is so pretty. And that's probably because I didn't watch a lot of the actually gritty parts of the, the game um i just thought it was a nice sightseeing video game um but this was they they aced this mm -hmm. this scene and the beauty of the world even when everything has just gone downhill from day one of the cordyceps outbreak yeah they still do a really good job of showing that there is still beauty in the world no matter yeah. what yeah which i love about the whole show in this episode we'll talk a little bit more about the ending because it's, it's pretty debated online yeah. and a okay. little bit here. But first I want to talk about the acting. Okay. Because I think that was just one of... The, it really made the show what it was. Both Pedro and Bella. Incredible performances. But for me, Bella's performance was one of the best performances I think I've ever seen. Her performance in episode 8 really solidified that for me. Uh. You know, when she had to kill David... And then when she met Joel outside of it, this the emotion is so good. I was, like I said, I was watching with a friend. Mm -hmm. And after we watched episode eight, they were like, give her an Emmy. Like, give her an Emmy for this yeah. one, please. Those are my exact thoughts. I was and like, she deserves an Emmy after this. See, I agree that Bella Ramsey was great. I think that Pedro Pascal is the best actor of the really? show. Yes, I do. I think... He showed, I think they both showed a good bit of range. Obviously, I don't think there's any other characters who really get to um, throughout the whole series because a lot of the recurring characters are just as they are the entire time. Mm -hmm. And then the other people who do show off range when it comes to their acting career, like Nick Offerman, mm -hmm. uh, they they aren't, it's, it's range based on past performances and this. I haven't really seen Pedro Pascal in much, even though I know he's been around. Mm -hmm. um, I actually, I saw, I think, two episodes of The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't even any. know he was the guy playing The Mandalorian well, yeah. until this show came around. Yeah. And then there are other 
films that he's been in that I just haven't seen yet that I've been like on my watch list. Mm -hmm. And even then, I didn't know he was in those movies. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see more of him. And I, I've seen interviews from him outside that I think he's a really interesting guy. I think because I have an interesting appreciation for seeing a male character go through like actually having emotions yeah. in an action series and the bond that he pushes off at first that he could have a bond with Ellie and he and her both kind of like, nah, we're not going to get along ever. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they really, really connect. I thought that for his character, it is a bigger jump than it is for Ellie's character. And I think he pulled that off well. Yeah. Uh, that's not to say that Bella Ramsey didn't do a great job. She also does an incredible job. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's, she's only 19. She was 17 when they filmed. Bella Ramsey just has a very bright future ahead of them. For sure. And it's interesting that this is now Pedro Pascal's like prime thanks to this show. Mm -hmm. Not that he was a bad actor before or anything, but now he's like really well known. Mm -hmm. And it just propelled him to stardom, mm -hmm. which I think is very cool for him as well. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I think, like I said earlier... There's no bad acting in this show. No. And also there weren't any characters that I was that I can really remember that I was like, wow, this character is so annoying that even if they're, you know, when we yeah. did Knock at the Cabin, I said, this movie is acted very well, but there's this one character that I don't yeah. like. And this doesn't have that kind of a character. No. So all of the acting being well-rounded and there being no annoying characters is so nice. Mm -hmm. And having seen what happens in the second game, I cannot wait to see Bella Ramsey portray who Ellie becomes in that one, which yeah. won't, no spoilers for that, but that'll be very exciting. I'm very excited to see Bella yeah. Ramsey do that. And I intend to also not watch the game, but to just enjoy the show whenever it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch before this. I think that really gave me a different perspective from mm -hmm. a lot of other people. Cause I know that, you know, the people who were really excited about this beforehand were mostly the people who enjoyed the video game. Mm -hmm. when, but when I saw the ads for it at the beginning, I was like, this is great. This is going to be very exciting. Mm -hmm. um, mostly because HBO was at the helm. But regardless of that fact, I thought that this story stands so strong that even if th this was an original story idea for a show, that it would still be really, really great. I don't think oh, that... Oh, yeah. I don't... It's also nice that it's not like necessary to watch or play through the video game to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just made as fan service for people who no. liked the cinematic aspects of the game. Like I didn't watch the game before I watched the show. I finished the show first and then I went back and watched the game mm -hmm. and then I watched the second one. Did you think that it enhanced your experience in viewing the show or did it draw, was it just an interesting perspective or was it more like negative or positive for the show to watch the playthrough of the game? I I think it was positive. I liked seeing what they did from the game. I mean, they added so much and a lot of it, there's different parts to it, but it's also some of the scenes are exactly the same. Like there's nothing different about them. Like the scene when Joel and Ellie are having their little fight and she talks about everyone leaving her dying. Mm. That's exactly the same. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, nothing's That's different cool. about it. It's so cool. But there's also, you know, they added different characters, you know, Bill and Frank. I mean, in the the game, Bill is alive. 
when <laughs> he meets Joel and Ellie. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> you see Frank not alive. The yeah. only time you see Frank, he's dead. But they didn't have... It's kind of hinted that they were maybe in a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Bill calls Frank his partner, but you don't really know mm-hmm. if he means romantic partner, you know, just partner business crime, partner. Yeah. yeah. But I really liked what they did in the show about, with that. Agreed. And I, I think that that every change that they made to the show was to the benefit of the show. Mm-hmm. And Craig Mazin said... We wanted to draw from the game, but every time we had an idea that we simply thought was better than the game, we just did it. Mm-hmm. We went through with it. Mm-hmm. We didn't question ourselves when we were like, objectively, we think this is better. And that's what he said after episode three. And I thought that was, they just, I don't, I don't think there's any moves that they made poorly, particularly. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I wasn't mad about anything that they added with the show. I think it all worked well. So you say positive effect watching the game, mm-hmm. which, by the way, if you've seen the show and not watched the game, the game is several hours longer than watching the show because mm-hmm. the show's not even nine hours. Yeah. But the game is at least 14 hours. Yeah. And the second uh, one is 24. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. There's not a chance that I'm going to watch the second game in the lead up to the yeah. the second season. Even if it takes two years for the second or three, I'll wait. <laughs> I'm fine. I, it's not like I'm trying to take shots at the game, uh, but I actually enjoyed getting to see everything from a mostly blind perspective as mm-hmm. to what the the plot was going to be and how it was going to play out. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch it before, but yeah. I'm also glad that I watched the second game before I'm going to see the second season. So okay. I'm glad I have both perspectives of it, but I don't think either way is bad. Or Interesting. Anything. I might consider watching the first game now mm-hmm. that I've seen... But I don't tend to watch playthroughs of games. And also there's other shows that I, I have. I have so many shows on my watch list that mm-hmm. I'm like, like I said earlier, right now I'm watching Succession. So I'm not, I'm unbothered by other shows. I've mm-hmm. just replaced my time watching The Last of Us with <laughs> Succession because HBO just gets, does TV good. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So now the big, the big debate. Yeah, if there will be one. We didn't talk about yeah, this Yeah, we, we don't know that. what each other's views are on the ending. But you have, you said you have strong opinions. I do have strong opinions. I, you look so excited. <laughs> okay. I love that. Please. So, Joel, obviously, finds out that Ellie will have to die for this cure. And he goes and kills everyone in this hospital. He goes ballistic. Yeah. And the whole time he was doing that, the only thing I could think was that Ellie will never forgive him for this. Their relationship will never be the same. Because when Ellie finds out that she is, you know, she's the only one that can create the cure, it's her whole reason for being who she is. That's the only thing about herself that has a purpose. And I think if they were to give Ellie the choice, she would have gone through with it. Yeah, she talked about it at the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. That she was like... Because even Joel, like, asked her, like, you sure you want to do this? And she's like, we're here. That's what the whole point of this whole journey has been. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have taken us all this way if I didn't care about this being, like, my purpose in life. Mm -hmm. At that point, she doesn't know that she would have to die for it. But I don't think that would have changed her mind about it at all. I agree with you. And at the the very end, the ending scene. This is the... (laughs) When... You know, Joel tells her the lie in the car. Mm -hmm. Not a very believable lie on Joel's part. 
I don't think. Yeah, and he hesitated to make it up. I'm <laughs> I like, know. did you not? Come you on, had think more time about to think it about it. A little bit. Yeah, she was sleeping. But then they get back to where Tommy lives, and you know, Ellie asks again if he's telling the truth. He tells the lie again, and it just ends with Ellie saying, "Okay." And I think that I think Ellie knows that he's lying. I don't yeah. think she fully knows what's going on, and I think that is her way of just being like. Okay, I know you're lying to me. I won't view you exactly the same again. Yeah, and Craig Mazin said after the episode, which this one was a little bit longer than some of the other ones because it was the last episode, he said, I think she knows, but I think she doesn't want to acknowledge that he might be lying to her and she doesn't want to be mad or lose trust in him as the Mm -hmm. only person that she does trust. And I think as far as Joel doing the right thing, it's hard to say if it was right or wrong. I feel like there's not a full, like, right, there's no 100% answer on it. I thought you were going to come out swinging for one side or the other. I don't think he should have done what he did. Okay. I think Joel did what he needed to do for himself, but I think it was selfish because that's not what Ellie would have wanted. That's sort of fair. I do think, I totally wholeheartedly agree with you that it was selfish, that Mm -hmm. it was a selfish move. I also have mixed feelings about it in that I think it's kind of fine that he kept her alive. I understand if she would definitely be mad about him like killing all the people in the hospital including the one doctor who could have performed that Mm -hmm. surgery on her. The problem is from his perspective I can totally understand why he did what he did. Oh, I agree. Especially because it's not just about him wanting her alive to some degree. It's also, we have no idea if what they said they were going to do would work. Mm -hmm. Which I have seen a lot of people saying that. I think one thing that the show like failed on a little bit is not showing as much affected as there was because in the game, there is so so many. many. And I've seen a lot of people who've just watched the show saying, like, it seems like the infected aren't that big of an issue. There's not many of them. Why would they be trying so hard to get this cure? But in the game, there's so many. Like, you know that it is needed. That's fair. I guess that kind of drives the point home a little easier. Mm -hmm. But to me, the fact that they have to, like, sneak around everywhere they go and they don't know if they're going to step on, like, some route that's connected to cordyceps kind of make like for me at least mm-hmm. brought that to life that like I would understand even if there aren't that many they don't want to draw attention to them and they have to sneak around everywhere they go in yeah. fear that would not be a fun lifestyle to have yeah so I I think to me it was driven home but I think that it's like easier in the game to see just because there's more cordyceps but mm-hmm. they also have a different way of infection right so they have in the game, it's not they're not as interconnected as they are in the show mm-hmm. where, you know, in the show you step on a root and you might disturb them. Yeah. Whereas in the game, it's ju- more so just the if they hear you, then they'll get to you. Yeah. And the other thing in the game is if you're around like the spores, you can't breathe the stuff in. Yeah. Which they don't really show in the show. Yeah. They I, they, I think they completely had yeah. removed that. And that makes sense because... To make it a little bit more realistic, it's like, well, we would like for us to not try and break the bounds of, of like, physics by saying that 
oh, our character, this character is immune to uh, an airborne disease. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to have one character who, like, gets bit and doesn't get infected, that makes a little bit more sense, Mm -hmm. I guess. I will say, in the second game, I feel like the spores are kind of necessary. Okay. So I I hope they introduce them. It's not absolutely necessary, but I feel like there's a couple scenes where it, like, really depends on that. So... We'll see what they change yeah, up, I guess. I know. Especially about the second game. I'm very curious for how they're going to go with it. All right. The way well, like it's set up and everything. I'll still try my best to not not watch the second game yeah. before the second season comes <laughs> out. I don't want to... Re- I kind of like not knowing mm-hmm. the direction it's going to go. As with basically any other show or movie. I don't, I don't necessarily love a huge plot twist, you know. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's going into something completely new. And for yeah. a lot of people, for anybody who played the game or watched the playthrough before, it's not really going into something completely new. Yeah. So I like the uncharted territory that I find myself walking into whenever I watch a show like this. And so mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm going to watch a second game. But every time, I, I don't like it that I'm getting curious. That's <laughs> problematic maybe for me. <laughs> but there, the other thing is I don't want anything to get spoiled, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. I wanted to watch it immediately because I already had a few <laughs> things spoiled for me. Um, luckily, I didn't have like some of the main things spoiled, but which is good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when it comes to what Joel did, I think at the very end of it, it's fine with me that he did mm-hmm. what he did, even if what he did is kind of objectively wrong mm-hmm. and very selfish. Yeah. Uh, but I do like I don't want to say necessarily that he did the right thing. Yeah. But I also don't really want to be upset with him for doing it. I I am interested to see in how frustrated Ellie gets with him whenever she finds out mm-hmm. that he lied to her. Um, because I think it'll add to will she it'll be interesting to see if she gets really, really mad at him and then is like understanding of his perspective mm-hmm. whenever he starts to actually express that he really cares for her. Yeah. Because it'll force him into having to express that he cares for her. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to see that happen, I guess. the Another emotional scene regarding those two, since it felt like we only really got, like, one. Yeah, which you do get in the second game. Oh. Yeah. Don't say in the second game. I can't. <laughs> you can't do that to me. I, I might have to wait two years for another season of the show. Do you have anything else? I don't think I have anything else. Okay. Well, I think that wraps up everything we have to say about The Last of Us. If you haven't seen it, well, you already got it all spoiled, but go watch it anyway. Yeah. Because it's really fantastic yeah. and worth a watch. We didn't cover all of it. No. There's, there's a lot of There's ground. a lot of things that we didn't talk about yeah. that you'll still see for the first time. But thank you for listening this ep- to this episode of Entertainment Rebooted.